Good morning, good morning. Uh, you all have uh, a privilege the first service didn't have in that uh, my wife Ariana is here and I won't draw attention to her right now, she's feeding our baby, um, Kenley. But also the other two were with my mom and, uh, uh, this weekend and I wasn't sure we were going to see them, uh, but they are here. Uh, so I got all four of my ladies and my dude here, so if you look back there. Uh, my mom is here and uh, my other two children, Caleb and Kaya. Um, oh, I forgot my props. So I see a couple of children. I got, um, sorry about the camera, I'm not on anymore. I'll be back. Um, I got some really great gifts. So if you're in the service today and, and you're a child and you got that little packet um, with the things, um, this is, I got a great flower and I'm looking for more to put into my garden. So I would love some flowers or uh, someone even drew a picture of me from the first service. So I, I'm accepting all children's gifts after church. So um, if you feel so inclined, I will, I will take them. Uh, as Pastor Tommy said, I'm from One Fellowship Church. Um, Pastor T.C. Taylor is our lead pastor. And so grateful to be here with you all. Uh, sticking in, in the book of of Luke, um, as you all have been uh, here for a while, and uh, we're, we're looking at the life of Jesus, um, and if you remember, Luke is writing this gospel to Theophilus uh, so that Theophilus might be assured that the gospel that he has received and believed is indeed the gospel of the kingdom of God brought by Jesus Christ. Uh, and, and so um, as Luke continues through this gospel, he builds this argument. And what Luke is doing is, is as you remember, he, he's writing history, right? Um, um, but he's not just writing uh, general history. Oh, look at that. That sweet sound. Um, he's writing theological history with a point, right? Uh, and so he's not just recording uh, the details just in chronological order, but he has a point, and the point of his gospel is to assure uh, Theophilus then and us now that the gospel we have received is the true gospel of Jesus Christ. He's, uh, he is doing this all throughout the book, and he co we come here to chapter 8, where we receive the parable of the sores. And I, I would like to... Um, Suggest to you for our time today, a title title is The Proof is in the Soil. The Proof is in the Soil. Let me pray for us. Uh, Father God, Lord, uh, thank you again for this opportunity to be here with these, my brothers and sisters, your children, uh, to worship to you, to lift your name on high, but also, Lord, to sit underneath your word. Uh, I pray uh, for every one of us here that you would use your word to comfort uh, those that need comfort. Uh, that you would use your word to correct those that need correction. Um, and in the midst of all of that, that you would be glorified in the preaching and in the hearing uh, of your word. Uh, will you feed your people? Um, I can't do it. Um, but we, we know that you can make much out of little. So I can't say, pray that you would take little old me and that you would do, do a mighty work today uh, through your word. We pray all these things in your son Jesus' name. Amen. Um, so my name is Kyle. Uh, on three, you tell me your name. One, two, three. Perfect. Now that we know each other, I got to tell you something about me. Um, is, is that writing, uh, coming up and, and developing this sermon with a parable was a bit of a challenge. This first service didn't get this little empty. We know each other. I know your name now. Um, and uh, 
Because it's, it, you know, Jesus is giving the parable and then he's kind of exegetes the parable. You know, it's like, well, Jesus said it, so what, else, what more do we need to say, right? Uh, and, and so I'm hoping that as we, we work through this text that we'll be able to pull out just a few observations and nuggets that we can apply to our own life um, and, and then uh, live more and look more like him moving forward. And as we look at Luke, what we remember is that Jesus is building this kingdom and he says that his kingdom has come and... Um, and on some levels, Jesus' kingdom is extremely unorthodox, right? Uh, everything that Jesus does uh, contrasts to what people thought he was coming to do, right? When they were looking for a king, they were looking for a cultural king that would come up uh, and restore the kind of the golden age of Judaism, if you will. And Jesus comes uh, and does com- things completely different. He does things completely different. And in, in, in chapter 8, we see that Jesus is gathered a large crowd. His ministry is taking off. Uh, this crowd is gathering to him. Jesus has gravitas. The word is getting out that there's this guy from Galilee that's healing, that is, that is uh, healing the blind, that is touching people that have leprosy and their leprosy is disappearing. Um, and even in the, the things that Jesus is doing are not only countercultural, they also kind of like pique the, uh, the interest of the Jews because he, he's kind of like playing with Old Testament laws, right? Like you don't touch lep- uh, people with leprosy because then you become unclean, right? And if you're unclean, then you're not supposed to be a part of the community. But this guy touches them and they become clean. He's not, he doesn't become unclean. They become clean, right? So there's all these crazy things going on in the life of Jesus's ministry and he's gathered all these people to him. Before, and this is where we find ourselves where he's telling us the parable of the soils. And I have three observations here uh, in the text to guide us. The first is the message. The second is the method. And the third is the measure. The first is the method, the message. The second is the method. The third is the measure. So three M's for my alliteration people. Um, I kind of liken what Jesus is doing uh, in developing the kingdom the way he has kind of like a scientific experiment almost or um, I was uh, watching the the new uh, Minion movie. I don't know if anyone in here see uh, the kids were going crazy first service on that, right? Gru and, and the Minions and stuff. But they're kind of like if you're older, like pinky in the brain, right? And so they had these ideas and they're always trying to take over the world. They're always trying to be the best villain possible. And um, in reality, uh, Jesus' plan is so countercultural because uh, you can see that the kingdom that he is building is not any way that we would do it ourselves, right? Uh, if you look at the crowd that Jesus is starting to gather around him as his close disciples, Tommy touched this uh, last time when he spoke on chapter 8, uh, verses 1 through 4. What you see is, is a list of women. You see a list of fishermen. You see uh, this kind of ragtag, motley crew that Jesus is putting together. Uh, and, and if we were like uh, consulting Jesus on kingdom building, we would probably say, hey, these are not the folks you want to start with, Right. Uh, um, if we are trying to build a successful business or we are trying to build a successful kingdom or build a successful anything that has to do with people, uh, there's a certain caliber, a certain type of person you might think hey, this would be good for, for this organization and things like that. And Jesus uh, completely goes after people that we wouldn't uh, start our. So like um, uh, 
nobody here as a Colts fan, right, thinks that we should start uh, our franchise with, uh, right, we, we didn't love starting our franchise over with, like, uh, See, I forgot their names. There's been five of them in the past five years. Phillip Rivers, uh, take your pick. Andrew Luck is our guy, right? That's who you want to get. Um, uh, and Jesus doesn't even go to Stanford to get Andrew Luck. Jesus goes to, uh, you know, like New Augusta Middle School and gets the bench quarterback, <laughs> right? Um, he, he goes over to Pike High School and grabs the, the, the water, right? He goes, he goes and gets the least likely people to start building his kingdom. And the reality is that the proof that these folks are in the kingdom, the proof of the potency of the kingdom, the way we know that we belong to the kingdom is in our response to the kingdom message. So if you're wondering what is Jesus talking about in this, uh, and you want to write down one sentence, it's this. It's a belonging to the kingdom is a matter of your response to the message of the kingdom. Uh, oftentimes... Uh, including those original listeners of the, in the Judaism, would have thought that uh, being a part of the kingdom was a matter of a whole lot of other things other than your response to the message of the kingdom. Uh, we see this carry out in the New Testament church, right? This is what Galatians is all about, that, that being a part of the body of Christ now, being a part of the kingdom of God, uh, has to be Jesus plus all of these rituals, right? Um, and, and if we're honest, uh, we have a bunch of Jesus plus isms in the way that we approach the kingdom of God. Um, thank you, mama. Uh, we have a lot, we add a bunch of things to the gospel because we want to be able to dictate who and what and how people come into the kingdom of God. As if we are the gatekeepers, as if uh, we are the ones that get to decide how this kingdom gets built. But if we recall, the message of the kingdom is that Jesus has come to, right, John chapter 7. Uh, John the Baptist is confused about whether or not Jesus is the one that's supposed to come, right? He's in jail. Um, he's about to be uh, executed for uh, his teachings and things like that. And, and he's just wondering, like, did, did, I, did I kind of, did I baptize the wrong one? Uh, I, I put all of my chips in, in, the, uh, in the basket right here for, for Jesus, and I'm just wondering, is Jesus actually the Messiah? What does Jesus say? Go back and tell John that the blind are saved. Go back and tell John that those that couldn't walk are now walking. Go, go back and tell John that, the, that those who, who, who were uh, controlled by demons and possessed are now free. Go, go back and tell John that everywhere I show up, I am reversing the curse and changing things and re renewing things for my glory. That the message of the kingdom is salvation and power and freedom through the person of Jesus Christ. What, what, what is the message of the kingdom taking effect? The message of the kingdom is that uh, the woman Mary who was possessed by demons is now free and is a disciple. But the message of the kingdom is that those who were once fishermen who had a, a, a local job are now fishers of men who have a cosmic impact. The, the message of the kingdom is that Jesus is coming and he is bringing his gospel to bear. And we, we do not get to dictate how that happens. We, we don't get to dictate uh, who receives that message. Uh, if you don't believe me, you can look to the method. Jesus says this, and when a great crowd had gathered, uh, and the people were, uh, we're in 8-4 now, uh, from the town, over the town had come, he said in the parable, a sower went out to sow his seed, and he sowed, and some fell among the path, and then some fell, right, we, we, so forth, so uh, The first thing we see in the method is that the method is indiscriminate sowing. 
uh, uh, the, the sower isn't like uh, taking a whole bunch of time to get down and, and like, like stick his shovel in there and check the soil and make sure there ain't no bedrock underneath. Or he's, not, he, he's just sowing indiscriminately, right? He, he's sowing everywhere. And, and, and the reality is this, is sometimes we, uh, when it comes to this text, uh, as we think about it, maybe even in an evangelistic sense, um, we don't want to sow everywhere. We, we, we have a tendency to uh, when we think about honing in and holding on to the message of the kingdom and what Jesus is doing, we have this, this tendency to try to uh, grade soil rather than sow seeds. Uh, we, we have this tendency to say, I, I don't think uh, this person over here looks like they are soil that the seed would grow, uh, the kingdom could grow out of. Uh, for whatever reason, Typically superficial, but we, we don't sow indiscriminately. Part of the reason why we don't sow indiscriminately because we feel like it is our responsibility uh, to create uh, the growth of the seed, right? Uh, we feel this onus on us that if I just say it right, if I just draw the right bridge diagram, uh, if I just do the law of the commandments right, right, if I just share my testimony in the perfect light, then for sure this person will uh, receive the seed of the kingdom of the gospel of Jesus Christ and will grow up into maturity. And, and beloved, I, I want to caution you and I want to free you. Uh, I want to caution you that you're not that cool. Uh, and I want to free you that you don't have to be. Right? Uh, you, you, you and I are not uh, spiritual agriculturalists. We don't know what's going on in the soil. We haven't done enough. We don't have the power or authority to make a thing grow. All so my son is here. I'm loving. I love him. My son is great. He's amazing. You're gonna meet him. I'm sure after service because he's gonna be everywhere. Um, but uh, when, when when I take the trash down, now he wants to go take the trash down with daddy. Right? Uh, it's awful. Because his legs are short, right? He's too. He's cool. He's cool. Um, he, he, but the task is ten times more difficult, right? Um, but I'm not dependent on him to actually get the trash down to the end of the driveway, right? Uh, I, just like God and Jesus are not depending on you to make the seed grow, all He's asked you to do is sow. All He's asked you and I to do is sow seeds indiscriminately, regardless of the soil, because He He will cause. He would cause the growth. And, and here's the reality uh, is that uh, a lot of folks won't hear. Right. Jesus talks about this as he alludes to Isaiah chapter six when he says those who have ears, let them hear. Listen to Isaiah six. That's the prophet Isaiah gets called into the ministry uh, of being a prophet to Israel. It says this in verse nine. And he said, go and say to the people, the Lord tells Isaiah, go and say to the people, keep on hearing, but do not understand. Keep on seeing, but do not perceive. Make the heart of this people dull and their ears very heavy. We see this in the crowd that is gathered around Jesus, right? Uh, everybody is not here to actually hear the kingdom message that Jesus brings. But some people are there just to spectate. Some people are there to ridicule. We know that the Pharisees are regularly there to uh, cause, wreak havoc in, in the presence of Jesus. Everybody is not there to hear the kingdom message. But, but Jesus says you're supposed to sow. We're just called to sow indiscriminately, regardless of the soil. Re release yourself from this, this, this need, this desire. We want to be snipers, Right? <laughs> We want to make sure we get the right soil. We want to make sure we get the right presentation. We want to make sure it's the right thing. We set it the right way so we can get the, the result we want. 
And Jesus says, indiscriminate. Because it's not on you whether, the soil is not your responsibility. The soil is not your responsibility. I would say this too. Um, part of the challenge here is that there's a, there's a meaning. There's folks that are hearing this parable and the first time, and then there's uh, the Theophilus who the book is written to. So how does this parable, how does what Jesus is teaching us here help us, just like it should help Theophilus know for sure that the gospel that we have received is the, is the true one, the true gospel, the gospel of the kingdom? Uh, well, the results from the method, the results of the message with the method are the way that we know that the gospel is taking root, that it's the true gospel. The, the, the fact that you all are here, uh, the fact that if you're here today and you trust in the Lord Jesus Christ, the fact that you are here as a body of believers is reality and proof that the kingdom of God is still going forward over 2,000 years later. Uh, the fact that you are here is proof that there is good soil still around, right? Uh, if you need any encouragement in your evangelistic life, just look in the mirror. Uh, there was a time where you were a seedless soil and somebody indiscriminately threw the seeds of the gospel kingdom onto the soil and the spirit of God watered that seed and he grew up new life in you. And because of that, you are here now. And, and I dare to say because of that, there's other soil around here that Christ, uh, not Christ community, you guys are Castleton Community Church, uh, need to continue to sow. Just continue to sow. Don't, don't, don't steal an opportunity for your neighbor to experience the gospel because they don't look like their quality soil. What is the method? The method is broad. And uh, if you're looking at your clock and you're like, okay, he's moving pretty fast. That was the message. That's the method. We're going to get out of here for the Colts game. Don't be uh, too hasty. Um, the, the, the message is important in the text. Uh, the, the method is important in, in the text, but the measure is the most important thing. How, how do we measure whether or not this thing is actually working? And here Jesus gives us four options, four soil options. Uh, the first one is that the seed is cast indiscriminately um, and it's on the pathway. Uh, let me backtrack just a little bit. Uh, Jesus references uh, this idea of he who has ears, let him listen or let them hear or listening, hearing uh, at least four times in this one little section. Uh, the emphasis on you listening and responding to uh, the gospel of the, uh, the kingdom and that being a reflection of how the kingdom goes forward and a measure of your response to it uh, happens four times. He, it, it, Luke is very concerned with us knowing about salvation. Luke is very concerned with us walking away and knowing that Jesus is the way that we know we are saved. And uh, I'm reminded of the, the old, in the Old Testament, right, um, there, there's this saying called the Shema. And then the Shema is what the Old Testament people of Israel used to repeat over and over and over again so that they could be reminded of the good news and the goodness of God. And here I think Jesus is kind of just pulling on this cultural idiom, right? He's saying, listen, 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 because everybody that listens and hears will be saved. So the seed is cast out, and it first lands onto the walkway. Let's look at verse uh, 12. It says, the, the ones along the path are those who have heard. Then the devil comes and takes away the word from their hearts, so that they may not believe and be saved. Uh, the first enemy toward, towards the message of the kingdom and the method of the kingdom being effective is the devil. It's Satan. 
Some of you showed up this morning and Satan has done everything in his power for you to not hear the word of God. Uh, Some of you might be online and you just made it out of bed. (laughs) You you, you just made it for whatever reason, right? Your your heart just made it so that you could click uh, and, and, and Satan has set everything up in your life so that you would not experience the good news of the kingdom. Uh, in the same way, Satan does not want, if you're here today, you don't know the Lord uh, as your Savior, you're exploring, uh, you're trying to figure out what does it mean to be a Christian. Uh, Satan would like nothing more than for you to walk out of here and to get out on 91st Street and somebody cut you off. And now your whole, your whole day is messed up because you're mad and you've forgotten about the seeds of the kingdom already. Uh, Satan would like no more than the coast to get blown out this afternoon. And you are such a big fan that you don't even remember that you need to contemplate the seeds of the kingdom, right? He's just, he wants to distract us, even with things that seem fun. And, and the reality is, is this, is there are seeds that will be sown of gospel truth that will not take root. That there will be seeds that will be sown and our enemy, the Satan, uh, will come and he will take those seeds. And people will not hear the truth of the gospel. And honestly, uh, there are moments if we're in our Christian life where our, uh, the seeds are sown and, and they won't take root in us as we continue to rehearse the gospel in our lives. And we allow spiritual warfare and challenges in our spiritual life to, to distract us and detract from the good news of the kingdom of God changing and transforming us. And I just wonder if you're here today and you're not a believer or if you're here and you are a believer, what are the things that the devil so easily sets in front of you that that takes your gaze and your attention away from the the truth of the message of the kingdom that keeps you? Secondly, in verse 12, you see the ones along the path are those who have, have heard. Then the devil comes and takes away the word from their hearts so that they may not believe and be saved. Did I just read that? Let's try 13. And the ones on the rock are those who, when they heard the word, received with joy. Yep, there we go. Um, but these have, not root, these have no root. They believe for a while, and in a time of testing, they fall away. Uh, uh, the seed falls on this soil, and, and, and this little uh, parable would have been very familiar to the folks around that time, right? It was, a, it was an agricultural community. They would have been able to understand what Jesus was talking about, and there's this soil when the seed hits that the seed kind of takes root, but because underneath it was bedrock, uh, the seed can never take deep enough roots, and when the, the winds would come or the weather would come, the, 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 the flower would die because it could not take root. Uh, it's interesting here that it says, when, when they heard, they received it with joy. Uh, but when testing came, they fell away. You, you could read that and say, hold on, Pastor. Uh, that sounds like some p- folks that, that might, have, uh, might have believed, right? That, that might have uh, had j- true, genuine faith, uh, but then something happens and they lost it. And, and uh, I would let you, I'm here to say that's not a possibility. Uh, If Jesus has given you the seeds of the kingdom and you have put your faith in Christ and he has transformed you and he has moved you from the domain of darkness to the domain of light and he has changed you from being a broken individual separate from everything and made you uh, one in union with him and his body. If he has done that and his hands are on you, uh, you cannot get out. Now, uh, you might feel like you're out sometimes. 
You might act like you're out sometimes. Amen, Walls. Uh, your situation might feel like God has let you go. The, the struggles in your marriage might feel like God has let you go. The, the challenges on your job might feel like God has let you go. Sometimes raising children at any phase you're at might feel like God has let me go because they have made me lose my mind. Right? Uh, sometimes that cancer diagnosis can feel like there's no way God is still holding me. Sometimes that passing loved one can feel like it's God still and I'm here to tell you that, that this is not, this parable is not a question of in and out uh, in that regard. If you're in, if you've put your faith in Christ, if he has rescued you, he's rescued you. There's nothing you can do about that. Yeah, we still have uh, sin, we still have struggles, we still have the world, we still have all of this on this side of heaven, but there's nothing you can do to take yourself out of his hand. So don't, don't, don't let this, don't read this text and start to get discouraged and start to, okay, um, am I the type that had some joy for a time and now uh, I, I'm, I'm outside of, of, the, of the family? Am I the type that had some joy but it didn't really take root? And beloved, I would say that, that, that even if you're answering that question, even if you're asking that question, uh, the sensitivity to ask is probably partially a sign that you might be okay. I'm not here to, to uh, put anybody in heaven. I'm not here to put anybody, I can't do that. Um, what I'm saying here is if that's what you feel in this text, don't, don't be distracted from what's happening because your roots might be growing deeper. These, these are folks that, that it doesn't take a, a bunch of wind to blow them out, out, of the, out of the ground, right? It says that they took root, they had joy, and they fell away as soon as the testing happens. As soon as the testing happens. It, 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 we prayed uh, this morning about the hurricane and, and um, I watched some of the devastation and things like that. Uh, um, but, but the reality is, is, is this thing, in, in contrast, there are those of us who are rooted deeply in the soil of the good news and that it's good soil. And because of that, when the rain comes and when the hurricane winds blow, we might lose some leaves and we might lose some branches. But uh, I think that the Lord might just be cleaning and pruning us in those seasons. But we'll still be rooted. That's not, that's not who he's talking about. He's talking about those who heard the word. Yes, the message is good, but they've fallen away. So we sow indiscriminately and some falls onto the path and gets taken away by the enemy. We sow indiscriminately and some uh, falls on the pathway and takes root, but is not true and genuine, lasting faith, uh, but is blown away at, at the signs of any signs of distress and um, so uh, here it goes. <laughs> my, I'm losing my voice, so I'm going to pick it up here. Um, <clears throat> um, one thing about uh, this sowing discriminant in these folks, um, I just want to challenge us as a church. If, if folks are falling away, uh, if folks kind of get excited and then a trial comes and it blows, um, it blows their, their roots out, the one thing that I don't want is I don't want us to be the trial. Right? Uh, sometimes in our efforts to love on our neighbor and, and our efforts to, uh, we end up being the wind that blows the roots out. 
because we haven't, we, we don't know how to love well or because we, we don't know how to sit well and be patient with people or because we are so abrasive uh, with the gospel message or, or not just so abrasive, we're so focused on making sure that I get, the, I get it right, right? We talked about the message and I get it right and I present it right and then if I present it right, then the outcome is that you have to respond right. Uh, and, and the reality is all of that focuses on me and I and that's already a distortion of the gospel message. That's already shifting the focus of the kingdom to something that is not the focus that Jesus brings. And as soon as we do that, we are already preaching a gospel, thank you, brother, uh, that is insufficient. And we, we become, when it's the gospel plus something, then we become the challenge that is the barrier for people to having lasting and deep roots in the faith. Easily thrown off by trial. Let us not as a church be the trial that throws people off of the path of hearing the good news of the gospel. <clears throat> Excuse me. Next we see the thorns. I think that's 14. Rocky was 13. Thorns is 13. 14. And as for what fell among the thorns, there are those who hear, but as they go on their way, they are choked by the cares and riches and pleasures of life, and their fruit does not mature. Um, I'm going to take preacher's privilege and go back to the last point. Uh, one thing about this te- uh, the, 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 the rocky path and, and taking root, um, one, one particular application I think, and, and I thought about this this morning and I think about it now, is, is, this is this is with children especially, right? Um, as Castleton community continues to grow and as you're, you continue to disciple children and you continue to have children and raise them in your homes and things like that, one, one of the, the things that uh, happens when you raise a child in, in a Christian home is they're getting seeds indiscriminately thrown into their life all the time, right? Uh, that's why I did my brother leave that just became a member, right? He says this in his membership, right? I came here so that I know that I'm at a gospel-preaching, believing church so that whoever disciples my son, will be spreading kingdom gospel seeds in this life, right? There's this onus and there's this responsibility to share the gospel and share those seeds. But, uh, beloved, we have to do it well because uh, what happens is it's worse off for them when they fall away. Uh, if you're here today and, and you're younger than some of the people in the room, um, if you're here today and you don't have real bills, let me put it like that, okay? Uh, you don't pay real bills, you're a child. Um, so uh, if you're here today, I want to encourage you to embrace the seeds of the gospel that are being sown into your life. Uh, it, it can look cheesy. Jesus doesn't always look cool. Uh, Jesus doesn't always... This is what happened with the Jews. Jesus wasn't cool, right? What was cool to them was the guy that was going to come and overthrow the Roman Empire, was going to go sit on the throne, was going to braise up Judaism to its heights again, right? That's what they wanted. That's, uh, and so whatever it is for you, it might be something else, but I'll, I'll, I'll say this, he's worth it. And, and the good news of the kingdom is still good news to you. It's good news for a four-year-old. It's good news for a 40-year-old. It's good news. And we have to take, as a church, the responsibility of making sure that the roots go deep for our children and the next generation lest they be those that had a little bit of joy in a season, but the trials of the world, and mainly the trials of the church that raises us, right, could choke us out. Now we are on to thorns. Uh, I'll read it again. And as for those that fell on the thorns, they are those who hear, but as they go, 
They're choked out by the cares, the riches, and pleasures of life, and there's, their fruit does not mature. I, I, have, a, uh, I have a very nice uh, flower bed. Uh, my family has to be quiet on this one. I have a very nice flower bed in the front of my front yard, um, and it's full of like some perennials that my mom... So I live in the house that I grew up in. We bought it from my dad. It's the house that he grew up in. He bought it from his mom. So we're raising the fourth generation of Dickerson's there. A lot of history um, and, and a lot of stories, but this flower bed has kind of been a staple in the family, and my mom is, is an is a avid gardener, and she had planted some perennials, um, and the reality is I have not kept it. Nobody has. I do not have a green thumb, and uh, it's uh, like two perennials and a bed of weeds, right? Um, and and, and like, as soon as they kind of sprout up, it's just like they're gone. And that's what happens here. Uh, 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 when the seed gets distributed and the seed starts to take root and it starts to grow and it looks like there's this beautiful fruit about to go on, grow on it, the, the world and, and riches and desires and pleasures of life start to choke out that seed. And I don't know about you today, but I, there are times when I get so focused on what is happening with the Joneses next door. There are times when I get so focused on if I just could make a little more money, uh, if I just had this type of job, if I just had this type of car, if my kids would act a certain type of way, if my wife would just do it this type of way, right? Um, put the soil seed up when you're done. Let's switch it up, right? I want, if these things would happen, uh, I get distracted. I, I, I start to get distracted by the cares of the world. I start to get distracted and choked out, and my desire for the kingdom good, my desire for the gospel to take root in my life, gets uh, choked out by the things of this world. Okay? Um, as it pertains to discipleship to children, and then uh, sometimes we make decisions in light of the riches of the world. Uh, we make decisions in light of the kingdom of the world versus the kingdom of heaven. Uh, sometimes the ethics of the, this world are driving us far more than the ethics of the kingdom. Uh, again, this plays out in discipleship of our children. Sometimes we would rather take our children to the travel soccer club on Sunday than we would take them to church. Uh, Sometimes we would rather sleep in on Sunday morning and maybe catch the end of the gathering online rather than going to bed on Saturday so that we can be in the house of God with God's people. And then we wonder why our Christian life isn't thriving. We wonder why we are waffling. We wonder why we are not growing. And the reality is we have not positioned ourselves as good soil as we know we are to grow deep roots that are shaped by the gospel, but we won't put ourselves in places to be watered. And in fact, the things that we are pouring on, we think are fertilizer and they're actually killing us. They're killing us. The thorns of this world are choking us out. I have to work extra hours. I have to do this so that I can provide this, so that they can do this and that. And now there's no room for the gospel to take root. Uh, not, not only that, but if you're here today and you don't uh, trust Jesus, th this might be a challenge for you, right? This was a challenge for uh, the people of his time. Like Jesus did not elevate their station. They're, they're looking for a king and this dude comes in a manger, right? Uh, they're, they're looking for a guy that's going to bring a, a crew of people that's going to wipe out Rome and help them out, and he goes and gets some fishermen. Like, he's not exactly building the dream team, right? <laughs> uh, and, and, and so uh, 
if you start to look at the, the close crowd that gathers to Jesus and you look at them, you say, well, they don't have his, the guy that, that brought him in was his cousin that was chilling in the, in the desert eating locusts, right? Like, this is not the most attractive uh, kingdom propaganda. Uh, this is not uh, the thing that, and it's, so if you care about the cares of the world, Jesus might be unattractive to you. But, but here was what I would come to tell you is that uh, the kingdom message is, is powerful and the kingdom message is life. And so the things that this kingdom of the world is telling you is giving you life are actually killing you. And if you want to live, if you want to have life abundantly, if you want to have a full life, if you want to live into who you are created to be, then you have to take the seeds of this kingdom and be remade so that your desires are remade. And so that you can grow and bear much fruit. So that you can bear much fruit. I, 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 I know that, uh, you know, I, I told him last service, I said, I want a Tesla too, right? Um, I want big houses too. I like those types of things, right? I want to go on the nice vacations. Um, but if those are the things that are driving my life, then I'm missing it. Because at the end, I, I will trade a vacation uh, at the beach for an eternity with Jesus. It doesn't compare. And, and, and for us, who are believers in the end, sometimes we still trade vacations on the beach um, and we don't get to press into the eternity that we have waiting for us with Jesus. Because the cares of this world are choking out the seeds of the kingdom in our lives. Uh, but there is, there is good news that there is good soil and as for that, chapter verse 15, as for that, in the good soil, they are those who, hearing the word, hold it fast in an honest and good heart and bear fruit with patience. Uh, I, I, I love that he, he talks about how the fruit is bared, and you notice that the contrast between the, the bearing of fruit in the good soil um, and the immediate joy and the immediate kind of like uh, excitement of the gospel in these other soils that kind of disappears, right? Um, the, the reality is uh, most uh, healthy gospel transformation is measured. Uh, now, some of us have uh, very Paul-like experiences, right, where the Lord kind of like knocks us off of our horse and we come to faith and we have these like fiery uh, kind of seasons of walking with the Lord and things like that. Uh, but I would venture to say to you that, that, that being a Christian and, and, and the proof that your soil is good is, is slow, measured, consistent deepening of your roots. It's actually the stuff that nobody sees. Right? It's fun to preach. I like it. Uh, it's fun to lead worship. It's fun to preach. Uh, it's fun to lead the small groups. And it's fun to have the reports that you've led somebody, co-workers to Christ. And it's fun. And I promise you, uh, the Lord cares nothing about any of that. What he's more concerned with is how did, this, uh, how did this stuff that's happening on the top deepen the roots that are on the bottom? And, and if your roots are not deep and on the bottom, you might bear some fruit for a time. But when the trials come, then you might get blown away. The good soil is is measured and bears fruit time and time again because this, the roots are going deeper and deeper. Uh, some of us and, and this is me. So I, I'm in the some of us. Our roots are not going deeper because we struggle to continually return to the message of the kingdom. We think that we have graduated from the gospel. 
We, we, we think that because, okay, I, I, I got my conversion date, right? I got my certificate and my baptism. I got my picture. And now I'm ready to go ahead and move on to start learning some deeper theology. And I want the, you know, I want the big words and I want propitiation, I want, you know, <laughs> which is great. I, I'm not against it. Uh, but some of us need to just remember, uh, Jesus loved me. This I know for the Bible tells me so. Right. Uh, Sometimes you can't get to Augustine on your cabinet or you can't get to all that. And all you need to do is crack open the word and hear Jesus profess his love for you over and over again from the text that he has given you already. Uh, We we don't always need. Now, don't I I love I love theological accuracy. I'm for all of that. Don't 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 say, well, that dude over there. No, I'm saying those things are important. But if you stop going back to the basics of the seed of the kingdom of the gospel of Jesus Christ that makes the blind see and makes the lame walk and heals the leper and it restores sight to the blind. If you can't live off of that, then we are missing something. If you can't refer back to that, then your roots will never grow deep. And in fact, uh, I would dare to say that some of you that might have deep roots need to go back because your roots are getting shallow. Because you haven't nurtured, you haven't fed on the gospel of Jesus Christ. And those roots that were once deep are starting to dwindle and they're starting to raise back up. And, and, and you need to refortify yourself in the soil with the good news of Jesus Christ. Every day. Every day. Every day. Every day you wake up with new mercies and every night uh, you go to sleep and you've exhausted them. And every day you wake up, uh, I have a friend, he played basketball at uh, Arizona State, plays overseas now, and he's just kind of sharing his experience about being a college athlete and, you know, so in the dorm room, like, he's like, yeah, we got a fridge full, like, any energy drink, Gatorades, like, all this kind of stuff, and he's like, it's crazy, we'll go to practice at 8 a.m. and by the time we come back at 10.30, it's full again. This is how new mercies work for you. Uh, You wake up with new mercies. You go to sleep exhausting them. And in the time that you sleep at night, Jesus is already restored because your mercies are new every morning. And and you have to tap into those mercies regularly because you need them. And if you tap into those mercies and you tap into the gospel of the good news of Jesus Christ, it will deepen your roots, fortifying you, making you a tree that is planted by the rivers of water, bearing much fruit for the kingdom of God. Is that you here today? Are you you good soil who has had the seed of the gospel take root, um, but you desire for it to go deeper? You need it to go deeper. You you need to trust Jesus anew. Oh, oh Lord, I believe, but help my unbelief. Help my unbelief. Is that you today? And also, if you're here today and you're like, I don't know, Jesus, I don't know. Uh, I don't know about this Christianity thing. I'm kind of trying to figure it out. Um. I don't know if I'm good soil or not. Let's find out. Let's find out. So talk to someone after church here today. Talk to your neighbor. Talk to one of the pastors here. Um, uh, we, do, we can't know whether or not you are. But what we can do is we can indiscriminately sow seeds of the good news so that you can figure it out. And we want to do that. And for those of you who are here and, and that are believers, not only do you need to continue to go deeper, but uh, continue to sow indiscriminately. Uh, how will you know that the kingdom is taking root? How will you know the proof is in the soil? You'll know where the roots go deep and where Jesus is glorified all the more because of what he is doing for his kingdom. Let's pray. Father God, Lord, thank you uh, for this time to be with your people. I, I thank you, God, that you have given us a, a, a message, a message of the kingdom that is, is a message of life, 
of liberation, uh, of empowerment, uh, uh, that, that we together uh, in union with Christ are a whole new man. That, we are, that you in the gospel are bringing a whole new creation, that your gospel is a cosmic impact. Not only does it have cosmic impact, but that same magnitude it has on our hearts. And it changes us, and it wrecks us, and it breaks us, and it molds us, and it shapes us, and makes us look more and more like your son, Jesus. So God, I pray that we would be those who would carry and sow the message of the good news indiscriminately, looking for you to cause the growth so that we can give you all the praise and all the glory who alone is due for the good God you are. We pray all these things in your son Jesus' name. Amen.